0: This is the Lacrosse Classified podcast on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and indoor lacrosse. Each week we'll cover the hottest storylines and talk to the biggest names in the sport. Now, let's talk some lacrosse. Welcome lacrosse fans. You found us. It's time for Lax Class. Thanks for joining us here on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. It's Jake Elliott. It's Evan Scheminauer back with you. And now, full disclosure right off the top before I bring you in here, Evan. It is Sunday afternoon, just after 12 o'clock p.m. my time. We're still going to release the show on Tuesday. Usually we'll record on a Monday afternoon, Tuesday morning. But I'm taking myself a little vacation because, well, I think I deserve it. Uh, I'm going to go away for a couple of days up into the Okanagan. Didn't want to go a week without delivering the goods to you, the loyal listener. so we're recording here on Sunday. We'll release it on Tuesday. So in between now and Tuesday, we won't really know what has happened, which may sound a little bit weird when you're listening to the podcast on Tuesday. So keep that in mind when you're listening now, where we're actually recording Sunday afternoon. Evan, welcome back to the podcast.
1: Well, it'll be interesting to see if we can top what happened in sports this morning.
0: My (laughs) goodness. Uh, Yes. Uh, Breakfast at Wimbledon. We both kind of woke up and started watching this thing. What a classic. A five-set marathon. Uh, The first ever 12-12 tiebreaker in the fifth set at Wimbledon as they changed the rule there. But uh, the Joker, he got past Federer, who had two championship points on his serve in the fifth set and couldn't close it out, Joker comes back and wins it in the tiebreak. Uh, congratulations to him. What a match. And, and just while we're on the subject here, Evan, the uh, tennis to me exemplifies what class in sports is all about, and especially two guys in, in Djokovic and, and Federer. After four and a half, five hours out on that court battling against each other, neither guy could be have been more gracious in their respect level for their opponent and the game and the fans and all of it. It's just, it's incredible to watch a guy get interviewed after losing a major title like that and have that amount of class in his body.
1: Dr. Federer is still my favorite athlete in any sport to this day. And it's not only is it the consistency of how he plays and the fact that he's 38 and he's still yeah. able to go for five hours like that. It's, it's absolutely amazing. But it's this persona and whatnot that, He's bringing people to the game. And, yeah, these guys have had multiple battles like this. These top three have just been battling one another. It's, it's something special to watch in the sport. Um, but, of course, too, for me, having uh, a fairly extensive sports background, watching the Cricket World Cup this mm, morning. I mm-hmm. you know a lot of people may not follow this, but in cricket, it's extremely rare to have a tie. And they actually had one. They had to actually go to a, a, a super over. They called basically a bat off to figure out who was going to win this thing after it was even at 241 after eight hours of play.
0: Yeah, I, I <laughs> yeah. honestly, I, I understand like pretty much every sport on the planet uh, to a certain degree cricket is one where I really kind of struggled to figure it out you said there's a lot of math involved anyways uh, this is not a tennis podcast this is not a cricket podcast this is a lacrosse classified podcast thanks for joining us here we're gonna get into some lacrosse talk and and we have a lot of it for you here today uh, let's mention our guests right off the top here Evan since I remembered once again you forgot we're gonna double down on dance today we're going dance squared if you stay with me here. Dan the Canadian Lacrosse Hall of Famer, just announced his induction, along with several others. We'll, we'll touch on that as well. But Dan Teat, head coach of the Brampton Bug Juice Excelsior's, uh, will join us here in about 15, 20 minutes time. And then the voice of the Nanaimo Timberman, Dan Marshall, will join us uh, in about half an hour, 45 minutes time from now. Uh, so Dan Teat, Dan Marshall coming up on the podcast. Before we get to those guys, though, Evan, we got to get to our Stampy Tack Weekly Lax Class Report cards. And if you don't know, well, I'm about to tell you. Stampy Tack is more than just a boot store. They carry a wide range of hats to keep you protected from the sun, the rain, the wind, the snow, whatever. Camping, fishing, hiking, whatever you're doing outdoors, Stampy tack has got a hat for you. Visit them in Cloverdale. Or shop online. It's still shopping local when you do it, Evan. Stampede.ca is where you can do that. Find them and go shopping online. Always fun to shop online. Evan, report cards are up first here. I, Where do you want to start? What did we do last week? We started with A last week?
1: Yeah, because we unfortunately had that unfortunate F uh, mm. with the incident
0: there. So this... Uh, yeah but yeah oh this, speaking this of week, that let, let's let touch yeah. on that lethbridge right off the top here because uh i know you got a bit of an update on brock mcintyre and uh the crude boys there were listening to the podcast so why don't you share that
1: yeah and uh th- they were thankful for for us bringing the issue to the limelight uh unfortunately brock's still in the hospital he's got some soft tissue issues a lot of headaches um unable to take significant amounts of noise The team has even said they can't even go visit him because it's just too much at the moment. There's going to be a fairly lengthy road to recovery, it appears, for the young Brock.
0: Well, keep hanging in there, Brock. Uh, All the best to a a speedy recovery. So, With that being said, we had a pretty heavy-duty F last week, so let's start with F this week because... We kind of felt like, I kind of felt like we needed a bit of a light-hearted F here uh, after some of the Fs that we've had in, in weeks gone by here. And uh, this guy knows it's coming at him. I was doing the game in Burnaby Friday night. Uh, it was the Lakers. It was the Thunder. And Burnaby was up, I want to say, three goals with about four minutes to go. Thunder started pulling their goaltender to try and mount the comeback. Burnaby causes a turnover. and Bradley in alone, and I'm talking alone, from center, with an empty net, a guy kind of chasing him from behind, but wasn't within stick reach distance. And (laughs) And from the top of the crease on a dead run, empty net, Graydon Bradley puts it right over top of the crossbar. I think he was going top right. He pulled it top left, and uh, it it smashed off the end window. Burnaby went on to win the game. Uh, Langley did get within two at one juncture, and I kind of thought to myself, oh, man, like Lakers have lost four in a row. They miss an empty netter to make it a four-goal lead. Now it's down to two, and is the psyche? Like, I was, like, a little bit nervous here, but... uh, I saw Graydon stand out in the parking lot after the game, and I didn't even have to say anything. We just kind of looked at each other and looked at <laughs> and I said it might be a rough uh, report card for, for the boy on Lax Class this week, and he said do it. <laughs> he deserves it. So Graydon Bradley, you get the F for missing an empty net on a breakaway from the top of the crease. Uh, professional <laughs> cross player for the San Diego Seals. You got to hit the empty net, man.
1: It's even funnier when the dad's actually starting to chirp a bit about it. <laughs> yeah. um, it was his idea! I mean, yeah, I know. At the end of the day, it's a good laugh. Um, luckily, it didn't affect the outcome of the game, but I, I'd imagine he's probably had to buy a round or two. Oh, the man,
0: uh, that's that's going to be an expensive beer tab in the in the locker room there for, for Bradley and the Lakers, no question. But you don't get away with doing something like that. So, uh, Barts, you got the F. Let's move on to D. Now, take it back a couple of days even earlier, back to Wednesday in the Victoria Shamrocks-Langley Thunder game from the Langley Event Center here, Evan. And a rule that I don't know if I've ever seen applied before in a lacrosse game. Langley down a couple of goals, take a penalty. There's about 42 seconds left in that penalty time. Victoria gets a fast break, so they're up a man now, remember this. They get a fast break. Langley shoots a man out the back gate too early and gets caught for too many men on the defensive side in the final two minutes of the game which is an automatic penalty shot in the WLA. With me so far? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, penalty shot for the Victoria Shamrocks. For some inexplicable reason, they selected Graham Hossick to take the penalty shot, which turned out to be a good decision because he buried on the penalty shot, uh, and good for him. So, Graham Hossick comes down, scores the goal, which I would have thought, would have washed out the too many men call on the penalty shot. You score goal, done deal. But then they released Kaminsky out of the penalty box after Hasek had scored, and I'm thinking, what? That's a completely separate penalty that he took. Why is he coming out of the box after a penalty shot goal was scored because of a too many men call? But apparently the officials got this call right, so I was wrong on my on the air on my assessment. But my issue with this, Evan, is this rule makes absolutely no sense. Why wouldn't a team just send out a guy onto the floor and get the too-many-men call, and even if you get scored, you get the extra man back so you're back to even strength? You're not short a man anymore. Yeah, you get a goal scored on you, but you get back to even strength.
1: This is where I sometimes get confused. And, of course, having been in a hockey and a bowl hockey official for years, I've got that rule book memorized to no end. When you look at the CLA rulebook, there's some of these little things that they need to start to tighten up. There's a lot of them in there. And this is one of them. If this was hockey, first off, there's not even a penalty shot. It's just just awarded awarded the goal. It's an awarded goal, plus the guy's still sitting in the box. That's the right way to do this because, to be frankly honest, if, if I had the goaltender pulled, and, okay, a guy's coming down on a breakaway, guess what? I am taking that the penalty every. I'm jumping the box every time.
0: Yeah. Well, unless it's Why Graydon not? Bradley <laughs> going down the floor with a.
1: Well, but that's the thing is, you know, <laughs> worst worst case scenario, yeah. I, I get he, he, you know we're we're doing that breakaway all over again, but with this time with my goaltender in the net, right? You right. you you'd be smart every time to just bust a guy out the back door, even if you got too many men. Who cares? Yeah. And do this. Not only are you going to get the the P shot instead of an empty net to shoot on. And if they score, okay, well now your power plays or your penalty kills over. Yeah. It's something that these little things, they got to start to tighten
0: up. Yeah. It makes absolutely no sense. The way that the rule is worded and applied and, and kudos to the officials for actually calling it correctly, because that's what's in the rule book. And, and Victoria was up in arms, and so was I. I couldn't believe what, what I was watching when they allowed him out of the penalty box, but they called the rule correctly, so uh, I guess the CLA Rules Committee, you get a D, fix that penalty shot rule. That's ridiculous. Moving on to our C letter grade, Evan, and, and again, C is whatever. It's not great. It's not bad. It's just what it is. And we turn our attention to the BC Junior Lacrosse League and their playoff format in the opening semifinal rounds here between one series, New West and Victoria, the other series, Coquitlam and Nanaimo, which uh, New West got past Victoria in double overtime, by the way, in game one. What a game. 9-8, the final there. Uh, Coquitlam and Nanaimo are about to play game number one of their series here in a couple hours' time. But the Anomaly here between these two series, Evan, is that one series flip flops back and forth one home game, one home game, one home game, one home game, if you stay with me, where the other series has one team gets two at home, then the next team gets two at home, and then it goes one, one, one. So I don't know who this is an advantage or disadvantage for, or whether it is an advantage or disadvantage. My question is, why is it different? And how do you, how, like, why is this okay? Like, I don't know if I would be okay with this no matter what team I was. I would want it straight across the board. Now, granted, I believe there's some arena availability issues. And keep in mind that there's two teams over on the island that are traveling to the mainland and vice versa, which complicates things here a little bit. But to have two different formats in two different series does not make a whole lot of sense to me. I don't know if I have an issue with it though. I mean, neither do I, day, and that's why it's getting a C here, Evan. Let's be clear on yeah, this. I don't know if I got an issue. Yeah. I just don't like it. Like I, I think it's wrong.
1: I I actually don't mind it. It's it's a case of what arena is available, what night, what works best, right? It's a little more it's I say it's even stranger when you look at the Rocky Mountain playoffs, especially with Oak and Saskatchewan playing where they're playing two in Calgary. They're coming back to Saskatchewan to play two next weekend. And if it's tied 2-2, they're going back to Calgary the following weekend to end this thing. Yeah, uh, it, It's a little strange you wouldn't do a 2-3 there, but uh, at the end of the day, you've got seven games. One's getting four at home. One's getting a three at home. Do I care how it's played out? Not really. I know Sass Junior League actually, in Sass Junior Hockey League used to do this one way, then they do it the other way the next year. It was a little strange why they did it, but it was over the cost of accommodations.
0: All right. Well, uh, BC Junior A lacrosse, playoff format. You get the C letter grade this week uh, for whatever reason. That uh, that was done. Uh, let's move along here. B letter grade. We're getting into the good stuff now here, Evan. I just mentioned one of our Hall of Fame inductees and Dan Teat. Um, several others going into the Hall of Fame. Dewey Jacobs, Johnny Wilson, uh, Kevin Brunch. Uh, the commissioner of the WLA, Paul Del Monte, as a builder. The eighty-four, eighty-five 85 Whitby Warrior Junior A team that was led by Joe Neuendijk and Gary Roberts. Um, there's a couple of more. I should probably have these at the top of my head. Dave Wilfong is another. Uh, Potts George Potsy, I can't. Weber, George Potsy Weber, I believe, uh, one of the old-timers going into the Hall of Fame. Um, check out the Canadian Lacrosse Hall of Fame Twitter feed or their Facebook page or their website to see all the inductees. November 9th is when the Hall of Fame induction goes down there at the Hall of Fame in New Westminster, British Columbia. And congratulations. Uh, we're going to talk to Dan Tiet about it, obviously, but congratulations to all the inductees. Uh, what an honor that is, Evan. I can't imagine a day coming where you get that call and be told that you're going into the Hall of Fame. How cool must that feel?
1: And for most of these guys, it's it's probably the biggest honor they've ever received. One side note to this: the NLL Hall of Fame. Have we had anybody inducted since John Tavares? No, I don't it's know. It's been what's, a long time. I
0: don't know what. Like if you recall, Evan, when Commissioner Nick Sakevich took over, one of their priorities and objectives was to get the Hall of Fame in order. Um, it's been a long, long time, man. Like, I'm talking a couple of years now, and I don't know if they're trying to, like, digitalize all the stuff or create a hall somewhere where people can go and look at all this stuff. I think it's all just kind of locked up in storage right now. But years have gone past here with nobody going into the hall, and, and, and I've talked about with other people. Like, I think there's a ton of guys that still belong in the hall that have been passed over for for years and years and years. And I think we need to kind of go back and look and go, hey, like maybe Mark Millen deserves to be in, or Kevin Finner in, or whoever. Um, not and, and now, like we're 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 starting. John it Grant in. Jr. Yeah, like we're <laughs> still. I mean, he's technically, I guess, I don't I don't even know the status. To be quite frank, I, I think I saw him on an expansion protected list uh, last week. So, anyways, I I think the the deal is here is that they're trying to get get it right, but the amount of time that it's taken is is a little concerning. And, I mean, years are going by here with nobody going into the Hall of Fame, and it, it's not right. Canadian Lacrosse Hall of Fame no. has got it right. Uh, great class going in this year. The other B, I kind of wanted to split the Bs up here a little bit. Uh, Scott Godfrey from the Autism uh, and Asperger's Friendship Society made a trip from Calgary with about uh, 12 Kids with them. They they did a tour of Coquillum. They went to Smith Box. They went out to Maple Ridge to hang out with the Barards the Del Bianco brothers. Uh, Kurt Malowski were out at the box working with these guys. And they came to the Adnax game uh, last night against Naimo. What a ex- what an experience for these guys. And and I just want to give a shout out to to those guys and Scott Godfrey for arranging that trip. Uh, that must have been a trip of lifetime for those guys to experience, you know, not only traveling from Calgary, uh, venturing away from home, which had to be a pretty big deal for them, but um, to get to play lacrosse in, in what is, uh, you know, a bit of a mecca here in Coquitlam, especially legendary Smith Box. They were thrilled. It was great to meet them, and I know they listened to the podcast, so I wanted to make sure I mentioned that. You guys get a B along with all the Hall of Fame inductees as well.
1: Yeah, and I guess extra special, especially having a couple of the hometown, their hometown heroes in Calgary there with them. Yeah. Absolutely special.
0: Yeah, very cool. Very, very, very cool. Uh, Speaking of very, very cool, our A letter grade goes out to a kid by the name of Brendan Kindle. Now, check this out, Evan. Brendan Kindle is a junior B goaltender that got called up to play Senior B and got a shutout in net as a Junior B call-up playing Senior B. That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, sign that kid up immediately. And the other question is, what's he doing in Junior B (laughs) instead of Junior A? Yeah, He might be getting a few tryouts after that.
0: Calgary Senior B Raiders shutout by the Okotoks Marauders Junior B call-up goalie Brendan Kindle Playing for this crosstown rival Mounties, uh, that had to be quite the experience. I mean, never—I don't care what level you're at, getting a shutout in lacrosse is so so difficult, and to do it as a junior B call-up at the next level up, that's something special right there. So, uh, congratulations! To Brendan Kindle, you get our letter A-grade, and thanks for that submission. Uh, I'm going to keep your name anonymous because you asked me to, but uh, you're going to get yourself a cowboy hat here, man, uh, for submitting that into my DMs on Twitter. Now, if you want to get yourself a free cowboy hat or even potentially a pair of Langley Thunder tickets, tweet at us at pxp for sports at ShemLax, or at the show at LaxClass. So you can get into the DMs. If you want to be anonymous like this last customer did, Or you can do it publicly, whatever you want. Give us an A, give us an F, give us a C. Just tell us something that you saw that you think deserves a letter grade throughout the world of lacrosse here over the next week. And uh, we'll send you a voucher for a nice cowboy hat from Stampede Tech and Western Wear. Pretty simple. So those are our letter grades, Evan. I think we covered it all off. Congratulations to our uh, winners. I suppose even you, Graydon Bradley, who got the F for (laughs) missing on a breakaway. Let's uh, speaking of breaks. Let's get to break as we got the Hall of Famer and the head coach of the Brampton Bug Juice Excelsiors on the other side. Dan Teep will join us here on Lacrosse Classified on the Lac Soul Stars Podcast Network next.
1: Associated Labels and Packaging is in the business of creating first
2: impressions. They'll help you reflect your company values accurately by offering solutions that fit your product needs. With the latest in printing technology and over 35 years of experience, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit for your company to take your labels and packaging to the next level.
1: Hi, this is Reggie Thorpe, coach and general manager of the New York Riptide. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on LAX All-Stars, growing the game one podcast at a time.
0: Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. You just heard it there from Riptide general manager and head coach Reggie Thorpe. Growing the game one podcast at a time is what we do here at LAX Class. And hopefully we do a little educating as well. Our next guest, the first-timer here on Lax Class, and a brand-new Canadian lacrosse Hall of Fame inductee in one, Dan Teep. That has to sound pretty nice to the ears there, Dan. Congratulations on your Hall of Fame induction.
3: Thanks very much. I appreciate it, it does. Uh, sound quite nice, considering some of the company that I'm going in with, and obviously the company that's already present in the Hall of
0: Fame. How did you? Uh, how did you get the call? When, when did you get the news?
3: Uh, actually, last uh, about two weeks ago, I guess I was actually sitting in the coach room before a major game, and Bob Clevelandly called me, and actually kind of mentioned, "Hey, you probably wondering why I'm calling you," and I and I was wondering. And he mentioned that he was on one of the committees for the Canadian Lacrosse Hall of Fame and wanted to make the phone call to myself, uh, himself. So he did, and I was uh, made aware that he wanted me to keep it quiet. The only person I could tell at the time was my mother. Obviously, my mom's a big part
0: of Well, I don't, I don't know here, Dan, because uh, I, saw, I saw your girlfriend, Nikki. She banged out a tweet about a week ago. She spilled the beans before anybody did. Hashtag ass Nikki. Uh, I, did, uh, I did. tell her. I did
3: tell her at the game, and she did tweet it out. And I got another call from Bob saying <laughs> that he was—he was pretty sure that he made it clear to keep yeah. it quiet.
0: So yeah. Tweets were removed. <laughs> days and oh, man. I
3: mean, it was official. But it was something that Bob just said he wanted to do. It was a player that he wanted to call himself. So it was.
0: Sure, sure, and it's all and it's all gonna come uh, out. It's all gonna come out anyway, right, Dan? Like so, uh, congratulations once again. I, I can't wait to to see you back in in November out here in the West, and uh, I'm really hoping to to be there to watch uh, you and and many others go into the hall as uh, we speak with Dan Teet here. Uh, you're on your way to Coburg right now. We're recording on Sunday. This game's gonna, this podcast is gonna come out on Tuesday, so w- we won't know the outcome by the time that the podcast is over. But uh, you guys are are kind of right in the mix here. Uh, a big win coming off a big win over Peterborough, and now heading to Coburg. Bit of a slow start to the season for for your Bug Juice. What do you guys call yourself, by the way? Is it the Brampton Bug Juice Expellers? The Bug Juice Excel? What are you what are you calling yourself now these days? Uh, players, coaches, and, and staff, obviously, in the room,
3: uh, we call ourselves the Bramford Um We do have a major sponsor, obviously, and that is Bug Juice. Um, Bug Juice has its um, sponsorship roles and promos on radio stations and obviously on our jerseys and any of the banners that we put up, um, but, I mean, in the room... As a group, we still consider ourselves a Brampton Excelsiors.
0: Okay, good to know. Good to know. Yeah. I, I mean, that, that crooked, crooked B, crooked E, I, I, it's it's hard for me to get my head. And I don't know if you can have a word with somebody, Dan, while I got you on the line here, but the the white jerseys, the numbers on the back, I'm sure you've heard it by now. But uh, I'd love to see something done there so people can actually see what the number is on the back of the jersey here. Back to my original question. Uh, a, a bit of a slow start for your guys out of the gates here, but it really kind of seems like you've turned a corner here with your guys. And, and a lot of guys coming back up from junior that you had last year coaching, coaching in the Minto Cup, um, has it been a pretty seamless transition going from junior to senior with a lot of these guys? And it's just maybe taking a little while to get them familiar with senior A lacrosse, and, and now you feel like you're rolling a bit?
3: Well, I, I do think that we're on a bit of a roll. Um, I don't know if I would call it seamless. Obviously, our first few games were, you know, we had a couple against Peterborough in the first three games, and anytime you play the defending champs when they've got the lineup that they do, it's, it's something for our guys to learn. And I think the first couple was more just about um, some of the young guys learning that uh, even the jump from junior to senior to uh, senior when it comes to the speed of the game is a very big jump it may not look like it to some but when you're on the floor and, and you know in junior you've got that extra second or two to to figure out where you're going to shoot or, or take that extra second to you know wind up your shot those seconds are gone now at major so it took our guys a couple to figure it out um and it was you know obviously we are a, a really young group and and lots of learning is going on so once they kind of transitioned into the speed of the game I think they got some confidence and you know we've done well over our last seven games and, and put ourselves into the mix of trying to grab one of those playoff
1: spots Well the one guy and youngster on your team that doesn't seem to have an issue with this transition is your own son Jeff who pretty much guaranteed going to be the number one pick of the draft next year and I believe he had five games in the season opener five goals in the season opener what is it you're most impressed with with his game to this day
3: Well, I think obviously, and he only had one assist in our season opener, and then he came back with a five-goal game against Peterborough in Peterborough, Uh, and he was one of the ones that I noticed, hey, a little, you know, that second that you had last year is gone. Jeff's obviously smart enough, and um, his lacrosse IQ is high enough, but he picked it up pretty quickly. Uh, I think the thing that most people recognize about him is uh, his ability to see the game and Um, how how quickly it can come to him and he kind of just plays the game as almost like it's in slow motion to him and it's fast for everybody else his lacrosse IQ is is through the roof and that would be one of the things that stands out if you ever want to ask somebody about something during a game situation I mean even we as coaches will go and ask Jeff what what he thinks and um, obviously his skill set with his you know his shooting and his Ability to find open guys and, and hit cutters and, and see the floor well is one thing. But his lacrosse IQ is probably the biggest attribute that he
0: has. Yeah, I would I would totally agree with that, Dan. Like, the, the shot is, is ultra impressive. His vision is spectacular. But it's, it's knowing – like, it, it's only certain guys have that attribute where they know – where the guy is going to be and when he's going to be there. And, and, and like you said, that lacrosse IQ where the game slows down for him and speeds up for everybody else. It's it's pretty spectacular to watch. As we speak with Dan Teet here, and we and we all know about Jeff. Dan, may, maybe mention a couple of guys on your team. Like I look at Nolan Clayton and what he's done in goal for you has, has been pretty special so far. But maybe a couple of players on your roster that a lot of people may not know about that have had a, a real impact for you guys so far. Well,
3: obviously, Nolan has been uh, basically been our backbone from game one. And there's games that you know we snuck out by a goal or two at the end, and 100 percent the reason we did it was because of the way Nolan played throughout those 60 minutes. And he's done nothing but stopped the ball for us and gave us a chance every game. Uh, a couple other guys, and one guy that people literally never talk about. And, and I told our coaches, but I. This year, he'll be our best defender. That's uh, Connor McFallon. Um Jeff and Connor played together since they were probably four or five years old. And Connor has turned into our basically shutdown speed, pressure, defenseman, and anything we ask, loose ball team, short man. He's, he's just been – his transition has been phenomenal, along with a couple other guys. I mean, guys don't – I don't think give Warren Jeffrey enough credit because he's just a big body that everybody thinks, you know, cross and stops guys, but – his mobility and his ball handling is is above all um, way better than we expected, and he's just been nothing but a treat to watch. Robert Hudson's the same thing, another kid out of Mimico, his defensive transition. And I think one of the biggest keys, and people are starting to notice now, is we traded uh, for Chris Willman from Oakville, who is our face-off specialist, and he has been nothing but dominant in the face-off circle uh, and had some Unbelievable battles with Jake Withers out of Peterborough, and it's, it's been actually fun to watch. And you don't realize how much it means to have the ball after any goals, or any you know face off or, or stoppages. And and Chris gives us that chance every time we have a face off. Well,
0: that's 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 got to be they got to be impressive here, Dan. If you are naming off Mimico guys as a Brampton guy. Like, they, they must be playing pretty special for you because that can't be easy for you to do after the battles that you guys have had back in junior.
3: Well, I mean, and, and those battles in Nimico, they go back to novice and Wee. I mean, you right. know, Clark, Peterson, and, and Warren Jeffrey and, and a few other guys, you know, they played against our Brandon team for many years in minor until we were able to obviously trade for Clark and junior. But, um, you know, those battles are all battles that were, you know, won or lost in Branson or Mimico and and had some crazy intensity involved with them, but at the end of the day, both teams had, you know, phenomenal minor and junior players, and um, we had picks two and four, and we had no problem taking, you know, the top two Mimico defenders out of their team, and and they seamlessly transitioned right into
1: our group. Um, As you reflect back in your life on lacrosse, um, what is it since the beginning of your career to now, what are those two or three things that you think have changed about the game the most?
3: Well, obviously the equipment. I mean, <laughs> you can look at old pictures, and, and there's old rackety wooden sticks and high socks and, and cages that only probably covered, you know, a third year of your face.
0: Don't forget the tight um, shorts.
3: And, yeah, the, the shorts. And, I mean, when we started playing pro in the NLL, we weren't even wearing shorts. <laughs> we were wearing pants, so... <laughs> That was a bit of an adjustment for for guys with skinny legs like myself, um, but I think the um, the biggest part that changed, and I'm starting to think that it's, it's coming back a little bit, is you know forever up until probably early '90s to mid '90s, you played both ends of the floor, and so did everybody else in the lineup, and you know teams started to go to an offense defense kind of specialty, and you had your you know your Johnsons, and, and the Gate Brothers, and you had your jump out and the back that would play at the other end of the floor for you. So um, that was the biggest change was where, you know, we all played offense and defense of the line and it started to change the offense only defense only. And um, I think if you're noticing some of the real successful teams in junior, major and pro are having those guys that can play both ends of the floor. And you can call them tweeners, but they're actually probably the biggest part of the group um, during the game that, that can, you know, Make or break a game for you, and and have the success that you need because you can catch games off guard.
0: So guys. Okay. Speaking with the head coach of the Brampton Excelsiors and Hall of Fame inductee Dan Teet, and and I think you're right, Dan. Like those those tweener guys now are becoming the most coveted guys in lacrosse that can play all over the floor in all situations. And you're right; it's it's kind of starting to make the turn back to that that way. I don't think we'll ever get back to to three lines playing both ends of the floor, but. I could definitely see some sort of like 3-2 hybrid system get incorporated here when when guys come in with more well-rounded games. Um, Minto Cup on the horizon here, Dan. I don't know if you expected a Minto question or not. I think I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you one. Uh, You can tell me to go pound sand if you don't want to answer it. I I get it. But I think the fans want to hear it. I want to ask you I don't know if Jeff's in the car with you right now driving to Coburg, if he wants to chime in as well. But I just – I go back because Minto Cup's obviously on the horizon and and it it makes me think back when when we're speaking here of everything that transpired back in Okotoks. And and I don't want to rehash it all, Dan, but I want to ask you, as you move up into senior A and and have been coaching for a while now, what do you think you learned from that experience?
3: Well, I mean – Obviously, it was a tough one to learn from. Um, I think that, uh, you know, the biggest thing I learned is, you know, the most important thing as a head coach, you know, win, lose, or draw, or whatever you may think of the calls that were made during a game um, or against you, however they were made. Um, I think the biggest key and, and something our coaching staff has done a real good job this year of is, you know, even with all those ups and downs during the game and those calls, whether you know, really agree or not, is as coaches, you got to keep a level head, and it kind of runs down, you know, the trickle down effect to the group when it does happen from, you know, the coaching staff or, or the captains or whoever it may be. When that trickle down effect starts to happen, you kind of start to lose focus. And uh, once that focus is lost, especially in a, in a national championship like you're playing, and it's tough to get it back because the other team has stayed focused. So I think that the biggest lesson is, is you know, as at all times or at you know um, you keep your focus and, and let you know the other guys do their job and um, they're there for a reason they're the best at what they do so um uh, you gotta take it with a grain of salt and accept the fact that you're gonna have to play through some stuff
0: well, I'll tell you what, Dan, uh, you were one of the best at what you did. That's why you're going into the Lacrosse Hall of Fame. I couldn't be more happy for you. I really appreciate your time coming on here and, and answering that question uh, for sure. And and best of luck uh, with those bug juicers down there in Coburg. Uh, you got a real exciting young team to watch, and it's a fantastic brand of lacrosse to to watch uh, watch you guys play. So, Best of luck with the Excelsiors. Congratulations on the Hall of Fame, and uh, appreciate your time coming on Lax Class here, Dan.
3: Thanks very much, Jake.
0: Appreciate it. That was Dan Teet. He's the head coach of Brampton. He's going into the Hall of Fame November the 9th, and he's got his Excelsiors playing pretty good lacrosse now, Evan. It's an interesting
1: year where you're getting these surprise results every night. Um, Can they knock off a Peterborough or a Six Nations in a semifinal, that might be tougher over a best-of-seven series. But if there's a chink in the armor this year, this is it. Like this is the year you could potentially knock off a big boy.
0: Yeah, we've seen we've seen all sorts of upsets in uh, the WLA and major series lacrosse. I mean, before they get to that hurdle, they got to get into the playoffs. Oakville and Coburg are going to have something to say about that. You would think. Peterborough is going to be in. Six Nations is going to be in. And then uh, you're looking at two spots for three teams. And uh, we'll see who's in, who's not. Uh, It's going to be interesting. Same thing with the WLA right now. Like it is not how tight the standings are. There's two massive games tonight in the WLA, uh, which is Sunday. Keep in mind, as we record here on a Sunday, team in and bellies are going after it. And then Shamrocks and Berards as well. And like not everybody can win somebody's going to be knocked out of the playoffs and uh it's going to be tough like good teams are going to miss this year and it's and it's kind of like no other year where you can kind of separate the cream from the crop a little bit but this year there's going to be good teams on the outside looking in and I don't mind it like I think it's great to have that kind of parity and 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 to see programs keep improving and and getting up to that next level so uh, it's been fun, fun summer to watch for sure, and it's just really now starting to heat up coming down the stretch in both those leagues. Junior A playoffs have begun, Uh fantastic time of year for lacrosse, and uh, that's why we're doing Lacrosse Classified, so we can keep you up to date on all of it. We're going to shift our attention from the east and move out to the west. We're going to the Harbor City, Nanaimo, and we're going to talk to the voice of the Timberman, my good friend Dan Marshall is on the other side. You got it right here on Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All Stars Podcast Network.
2: Hey, this is Rylan Reese of the Burnaby Lakers. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on Lax All Stars, growing the game one podcast at a time.
0: We are back. This is Lacrosse Classified, Lax Class for short. We grow the game one podcast at a time right here on the Lacrosse All Stars Podcast Network. And now making his Lax class debut, I believe. I don't think he's been on Lacrosse Classified before. I can tell you this, though. Some 19 years ago, I called my very first lacrosse game with this man right here. He is the voice of the Nanaimo Timbermen in one Dan Marshall. Dan, I am thrilled to have you on the podcast. Thanks for doing this.
2: Oh, I appreciate it. It's great to have you. Do you still have the Vancouver Grizzlies I think it
0: was a notepad that you had back then. (laughs) Ah, I cannot believe you remember that. Yes, the old uh, the old flip open uh, paper holder there that kind of had the basketball uh, texture on the outside of it. Yes, no, I do not have that anymore. Yeah, I I wish I still had that thing. Man, I can't believe you remember that, Uh, Dan. Like I like I just mentioned, it's been like I'm in my year. I'm in year nineteen broadcasting. You were the first guy I ever called a game with, and you'd been at it for years before I even ever started. How many years have you been a broadcaster? How many years have you been calling lacrosse?
2: I have probably, going back to 1999, been calling lacrosse. I've been doing PA. I started out in Coquitlam, as you and I both did, Um, mid-90s doing PA for whatever lacrosse team I could find from minor to to junior A to senior A, and in about 99, 2000, it turned into this thing called webcasting over a cell phone, or in some cases, over three cell phones or three cell phone batteries, and it all started for me in Coquitlam, and then did some stuff with the Victoria Shamrocks, and it's kind of just ballooned from there into something that uh, now takes up most of my summertime working with the senior B team and the Naimo senior A team and, and junior A teams. And, and this has been a fun year for that, too, for
1: sure. A year ago, President's Cup final there in Naimo, was there ever a more electric atmosphere for a game ever in that city? Oh,
2: my gosh, absolutely not. Uh, what a mood, and what's an entire week of lacrosse in the Harvest City? It was. Tremendous people still talk about it. I was at a senior B game in Nanaimo just this weekend, and people are still talking about President's Cup 2018. And it's made not, I think, the breakthrough that people had hoped for in terms of the Nanaimo fan base, but it certainly has made an impression. It has certainly left a mark. It has certainly left a legacy. I have never for any event in any sport uh, have been in a building like that in Nanaimo. It was unbelievable for that final with St. Albert's and the Timberman and just an electric week of lacrosse and uh, a lot of great connections and memories and friends made throughout that week on all sides.
0: Yeah, I like I, I can't imagine what it was like to call that game that went to overtime and unfortunately for the hometown team, they, they came up on the wrong side of it to St. Albert. Uh, but I was in the crowd for that final and just to be kind of surrounded by the drums banging and the crowd cheering and uh, just the the brand of lacrosse that was being played there at the final of the President's Cup. I don't know if I've ever experienced a, another game like that. And and for, for people that don't know, you're also the voice of the BCHL Nanaimo Clippers. Uh, so you've you've seen a lot of sporting events come through Frank Crane Arena. Um, maybe something you, else you haven't seen in your time there in Nanaimo, Dan, is the Junior A Timberman making the playoffs this year. Uh, they beat the defending champions twice in the regular season. They're going to play them in the opening round of a best of seven. That actually gets going here in about an hour's time from now. Um, how impressed have you been with the team as a whole, the coaching from Dave Bremner, and and the growth of this franchise to finally punch their ticket into the postseason?
2: Well, there's been a few different postseason incarnations in the BC Junior Lacrosse League. So back in 2011, I was around when the team made a brief playoff appearance, but nothing like what you've seen this year. And when Dave came back to the club, talked about going really young in 2018. Obviously, the team did that, but it was a team that was building. He was preaching patience with the players with their families. And you know, the players' families have been a big part of this too. Dave thought that needed to happen to build a successful junior program. And so for the players and their families last year was a growing year. And Dave kept saying, you know what, our our goal is to make playoffs in, in 2019. And he said, you know, we just want to try and get better and improve. And this is a young team. And he promised me in the off season there was going to be growth, but I don't know that even he could have predicted 14 and seven type of growth, making the playoffs beating the Agnacs in a season series in the junior A regular season. It's been an unbelievable year with the same core, really, from 2018. A year older, a year faster, a year stronger. And certainly that will to win has been there. You have to give Dave a whole lot of credit because the Naval Timmermans have been on the low side of the standings for a long, long time. And Dave came in and within two years in behind that bench has turned it into a very good franchise. And a franchise that whatever happens, in 2019. They believe they will be better in 2020 and in 2021.
1: Senior A squad doing quite well. We've got this mess now with five teams fighting for four playoff spots. They're all two points apart from one another. The difference, though, with the team, and we mentioned this a few weeks ago, is they're kind of void of these massive NLL superstars that all the other teams around them seem to have. Is that what makes this team special? Well, it's one thing that makes them special, but you
2: say that but it's a group that has chemistry in Nanaimo. And yes, I know there are other teams that, you know, a lot of guys play winter ball together. And they've had a nucleus, if you will, in, in other cities that have been very good. But Nanaimo really started in 2014 and 2015. They started making some very sure draft picks. And Caleb told had a mantra at that time that, you know what, if you get drafted by the Nanaimo Timbermen and you don't want to play here, you're going to sit. And that message struck a chord. There were some guys at the beginning of that who were drafted that didn't think they wanted to... Play in Nanaimo, but that message became clear that the Nanaimo temperament are serious, and it started on the back line with guys like Brandon Smith coming in and Conrad Chapman, who are, are now veterans, and then you had Lodi Eastwood coming in up from Colton Clark making a return to the Nanaimo. So this group's been together for quite a while, and yes, no NLL superstars, but some guys at the back that are key. Jordan Gillis, who plays in Colorado, has been tremendous. Uh, Drew Belgrave has missed a lot of the year through Um injury. He's been tremendous. Nick Finley, and I know Jake's called a lot of goals for Nick Finley, has been unbelievable. Yeah, so bad, I'm, I'm glad
0: you. I'm glad you mentioned him, Dan, because I, I and I don't know if you if you listened to the game last night against Coquelin or not, but it's funny I that you did. Yeah, that you brought that up. I brought the the fact that Brody Eastwood was kind of. The guy that they drafted, they circled, this is the guy that we want. And Brody was like, oh, I don't I don't know if I want to play in Nanaimo. I don't think I'm going to play in Nanaimo. And it was like, Caleb was like, Brody, come play a year. See if you like it. If you don't like it, then maybe we can entertain a move. But now look at what's happened. He's become the captain of this team and guys like Braylon Lum, who led junior A in scoring, you know the kid wanted to be a Shamrock, but because of the path that you, you guys that you mentioned, Chapman, Smith, and now Eastwood, have kind of paved the way for these young kids to say, like, okay, maybe Nanaimo's not such a bad place to go. Maybe I can come and play a prominent role there, and, and I wouldn't get that opportunity playing maybe for the Shamrocks. And, and they've done it the right way under Caleb Toth there in Nanaimo and and they're starting to reap the rewards of it now six and one on the road this season Dan I
2: can't believe the road record and I especially can't believe the road record because at home the record is three and four and one of those three wins was the forfeited game against the Salmon Valley. so at home it just hasn't happened yeah loss against And, yes, the 8-6 loss against Coquitlam with the controversial three stars that night. (laughs) Yes, it's been a strange season on home floor, but they've been marvelous on the road. And part of that, I think, has to do with they've got just a little bit of a more cohesive road pattern. Because when they're playing at home, they do have guys coming from the Ninable, but from Down Island and Victoria, from over in the mainland. And it seems to be maybe a bit more disjointed. And when they can get together a little bit earlier in the day and start to focus on lacrosse on the road, has that ever paid dividends? I would never have imagined. You know, I think the Timmermans are in a a spot where I thought they they might be able to be after 10-7-1 last year. But to have six of seven of those wins on the road is absolutely tremendous. And a testament not just to Caleb, but the players as well, for their preparation. Naimo teams historically have really had a tough time
1: winning away from Frank Crane Arena, not the case in 2019. Charlie Claxton having one heck of a season. He must be one of these guys that realistically, now that we've got two more expansion teams, if the team's looking for a backup, he's got to be that guy that's now finally going to get his chance.
2: Not spectacular,
1: but solid. And a guy
2: that he's usually got that one big save that could be a momentum turner in him. And that was the case Naimo's last win in Burnaby goes across with his goal stick, reaching out in desperation to take one away on the side of the crease in a game that ends up being a tight contest at the end. To me, that was a real turning point save in the second period of that lacrosse game. So if you're looking for a guy that's solid, makes you beat him, and plays a consistent brand of lacrosse, and really that's what you want from a goaltender, right? That consistent brand of lacrosse. Uh, Sometimes the more spectacular guys are really fun to watch, but the guys who game in and game out, period in, period out, give you that same type of performance and that same level-headedness. A guy that never looks like he's panicking. Sometimes you think he's almost too casual in there. But it's just that really calm mindset that I think has served him very well. and certainly served this team extremely well.
0: Yeah, and maybe one of the most strong goaltending duos in the league with Claxton and Dj Lama, who was rock solid last night, and another one of those guys that's just kind of calm, plays his angles, and and doesn't get rattled too easily. And, and you mentioned that win over Burnaby uh, last week, Dan. That was a real big one. And you look at the remaining schedule here, Lakers and Nanaimo are going to hook up on July the 26th, and that could really tell the tale on maybe who's in and maybe who's out.
2: I think you're absolutely right. I think that's very astute. The Lakers are running out of games here, and you look at where Nanaimo's, they've won the season series, which is big, but... Will that be enough? I don't know. That game that comes down at the end of the schedule might be the one that decides it all. If you're assuming that those two teams are going to be Four or five, but the way the top teams <laughs> have gone down, the way that at first Maple Ridge was out front, Burnaby's been out front, and then all of a sudden teams get a little bit cold, or maybe it's run of schedule and maybe departures of guys have been a factor too. But we can honestly say now that I don't think we could pick one or five at this stage with only a couple weekends left in the season. Uh, it's awesome for certainly the, the neutral fan, and it makes every game mean so much. Normally, one or one and two even are decided even long before this point, maybe even on July 1st. But to have a season going like this with a big five is unprecedented. And it just makes, even for me, watching the out of town scoreboard is much more exciting than it's ever been, let alone just watching, of course, the Donovan Timberman.
0: Absolutely. And you got a big one tonight, Belly's Timberman, uh, as we record here on a Sunday. Before we let you go, Dan, uh, I don't know if you have any information on it, but we saw Chase Fraser go down in, in Coquitlam. Uh, a couple of weeks ago. It did not look good. We haven't really heard anything out of Denimo or from Chase. Uh, Do you have an update on on his health? Uh, Is he going to be able to get back this season, or is it a done deal for for Chaz Fraz?
2: Well, the Timmermans are really being coy with this one, and I've talked to the coaches and the management on uh, at least a couple of times a week basis, and we saw just an unfortunate slip. Caleb Toth last week had said to me that. For the rest of the season, he's planning on not having Chase there, and that's the mindset that he's taken. And for the regular season, I would say there's zero chance that you see Chase Fraser in the Nanaimo lineup. I would even say that realistically, if the Timmerman are out in the first round of the playoffs, that will be the end of Chase Fraser. Um, but I think they're playing coy, and I think if Chase Fraser has an opportunity to come back at all, you're not going to hear it. And I think the words of Caleb Toth being that he's expecting Chase to be out for the year is all you're going to hear. And that will not be an official word. That will just be the coach's plan. I don't think you're going to hear anything about Chase Fraser at all because the Nanaimo Chipperman expect to go a long way and they're going to be optimistic no matter what the extent of that injury is. And I haven't heard it yet. So I don't think uh, you're going to hear anything official on that front
0: at all. Fair enough. Uh, Dan, listen, man, I really appreciate uh, you coming on. And and I got to say, like, uh, you know, from the bottom of my heart, man, you were the guy that gave me an opportunity. I know John Vickers and Doc Hedges uh, were, the, were kind of the guys in charge. But you were the guy I approached right near the end of my playing career to – come and have a seat beside you and do something that i always wanted to try since i was since i was a little boy you gave me the opportunity and uh, i'll never be able to thank you for that enough man and uh look where we are here 20 years later it's crazy to think about but uh i'll never forget that dan and, and i really appreciate you coming on Lax class well just
2: a couple of guys that have been trying to grow this game for a long long time and if you look on the media side of it uh, I mean, I think we both done our part in that, and uh, you look at President's Cup 2018 last year, uh, having the two of us back together calling games was uh, a whole lot of fun, and you know what, in another 20 years, we might be sitting together calling more lacrosse games and trying to grow it even more.
0: Who knows? Uh, let's hope. Let's hope, Dan. Uh, thanks for doing this. Best of luck with you and your Timberman uh, the rest of the summer, and I'm sure we'll catch up sooner or later.
2: Really appreciate
0: it. That was Dan Marshall. Fantastic conversation there, Evan, with the voice of the Timberman. He calls Junior A, Senior A, Senior B, and really the voice of Nanaimo Sports, as he calls uh, the Clippers over there as well. Uh, Frank Crane Arena is Dan Marshall's domain.
1: Uh, it's an exciting place to be right now. When you think about it, like the President's Cup last year, now the Senior A, the Junior A having a lot of success. They're not that poor little brother next to Victoria anymore. Their competition for Victoria all of a sudden
0: absolutely they are absolutely they are we'll see how they do uh, juniors playoffs get going here in mere minutes and uh, seniors trying to punch their ticket to the postseason we'll see how it all plays out here in the next couple of weeks we got to get to break on the other side it's the sensation sweep in the nation Evan everybody's playing it now it's stampede tax who you got and it's on the other side right here on Lax class on the lacrosse all-stars podcast Network Pure Vital Labs is proud to bring you the highest quality sports supplements on the market. PVL products are 100% all natural with no artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners. And the entire line is also informed choice certified. We designed all our products with the athlete in mind. We look forward to being a part of your athletic achievements. Helping you push the bar higher, win at the highest levels, and set personal records for years
3: to come.
1: Hey, this is big team guy Tyson Geitz with the Lacrosse Flash.
3: You're listening to Lacrosse Classified flourishing on Lax All Stars, growing
0: the game one podcast at a time. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the Lax All Stars Podcast Network. You heard it right there from our friends at Pure Vital Labs. Anything else would be on Sports and Lake. No artificial colors, flavors, form choice certified best supplements on the planet. All the best lacrosse players are using them. Find them at PVL.com, at Pure Vital Labs, and get on those things. They're going to help your game in one regard or the other. They got the recovery, they got the game aid, they got all that plant based uh, stuff you can make food with. Uh, Good stuff there happening at Pure Vital Labs. Check them out, PVL.com. All right, Evan, fourth quarter time, and you know what that means. It's time for Stampede Techs. Who you got? And it's presented by Stampede Tack, your complete source for boots, motorcycle leathers, and gear. The summer riding season is here, and you need the right stuff. I'm sure I'm going to see lots of bikes heading up the coca Highway to the interior tomorrow. Um, hopefully, they got their riding gear from Stampede Tack and Western Wear. They are located in Cloverdale since 1967. Online, Stampede.ca. Now, Evan, from last week here. Because we were recording on a Sunday, we only have, what, two out of the five games are complete. Is that correct?
1: Three out of the five.
0: Three out of the five. Um, So just to recap quickly here, I took the Raiders. You took the SWAT. I got the victory there. We both took St. Catharines to beat Six Nations. We got the victory there. That series now tied up at one, by the way. Six Nations has tied that series. Uh, Coquitlam Nanaimo is happening in about half an hour from now. The MSL game goes Monday. WLA game goes on later tonight as well. So, no, it is only two out of the five here, Evan, as the Coquitlam Nanaimo is uh, just about to get going. So, with all that being said, we can't really update you on the overall standings because we don't have finals in from the three games yet. But we have selected five more games Next week, beginning on Tuesday, so we will be able to update you a week from Tuesday on what the overall standings are. I'm sure I'm going to have a substantial lead by then, and uh, we'll get you updated on what's happening there. But we have picked five games now. Because I got one more pick right than you so far, Evan, I think that means that you get to host. Is that correct? You're
1: you're, going to be in the lead regardless because the – other three games, we all have the same Okay,
0: check. so there you go. Host away, my friend. <laughs> so,
1: Friday night, Rocky Mountain Lacrosse League. Now, this is interesting. The number one seed, Calgary Mounties, playing the number four St. Albert Miners in St. Albert. St. Albert pulled off the upset in game one. The Mounties came back. They're leading 20-8 to eight with six minutes to go. Pretty in game safe. Two.
0: They're going to win that game. They're gonna win that. Yeah, go on a Yeah. So Friday night game three, who you got? Oh man, I think it was a bit of a surprise that the miners got past the Mounties in game one. I think the scoreline that you're seeing there in game two is probably a little more indicative of the matchup between those two teams. So give me last. No, yeah, yeah. Give me. I'm gonna take the Mountaineers in this one, Evan. Give me the Mounties. Yeah, it's a
1: pretty safe bet to take the Mounties on this one. Uh I was surprised to see them lose one in the series, but uh that's why it's a best of five, and you get to save yourself. I know they were a little uh put off by the fact that I was putting an upset alert on their scoreline last night, but, you know, it's still an upset. Uh Ontario Junior A, game four Tuesday.
0: Orangeville
1: is in Mimico. This game, this series tied at one.
0: So, we got. Yeah. Um, So, game three of this series is actually going tonight from Orangeville with the series tied at one. So, we're picking game four to go on Tuesday. This will be in Mimico. We don't know who will be up to one in this series. So, either somebody is going to have a chance to close it out or or somebody's going to have a chance to force a game 5. Uh just so we're we're clear on this here, Evan. Uh yep. Orangeville at Mimico Tuesday. I'm going to take Mimico in this game. I think Orangeville wins. Ooh. I think Orangeville wins tonight to take the 2-1 lead, but I don't think Mimico's going away. I think that game 2 victory that they got Gave them some belief in themselves, and I think they. I don't think they're going to win this series. I think Orangeville's going to take it in five, but I think Mimico is going to tie this series up at two, with Orangeville winning game three. Give me the Mimico Mountaineers. Give me the Hornheads. Um, it's been a year in Ju- Ontario Junior 8 where the
1: home teams are really had the advantage, but over the course of time, there's a reason that Orangeville is seated where they are. There's a reason Mimico is seated where they are. I'll take the overall favorite. I'll take Orangeville in this one. Saturday night, game three. So uh, this is game three of the series. Game two will happen in between now and then. New Westminster and Victoria. New West, of course, we mentioned this earlier, won game one, nine, eight, and double overtime on the island. Who you got?
0: Oh, this is a tough pick here, Evan. Tough, tough pick here. I think Victoria is going to win this game at home. I, Bellies may win and be up 2 nothing, going back to Victoria next weekend. But either way, I think Victoria playing at home, whether the series is 1-1 or whether it's 2 nothing Bellies, I like the Junior Shamrocks to beat the Bellies at home next Saturday at the Q Center
1: now Correct me if I'm wrong. This one's at the Save-On Food Center. It oh, is not you could
0: be right. You could be right. Either way, they're at home, Evan. They're not traveling. I'm going to still take the Shamrocks. I'm still going to take the Shamrocks too.
1: Just you know, because of the travel, a lot of teams just don't like going to the island. But <laughs> when you're looking at double overtime game in game one, you're going to be in for a treat. It's this is probably the diff- most difficult game of the week to pick amongst any of them. All right, MSL. We just talked to one of these teams mm. Thursday night in what could very well determine a playoff spot here. Five and seven Coburg Kodiaks. Six and seven Brampton Bug Juicers. Who you got?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think I always like to believe when you come on Lacrosse classified, you get a good you get some good karma. Uh Dan Tiet was just on the program. Give me Brampton. Give me
1: Brampton too. The thing about it is, is that Coburg's just had a tough run of it lately, and I think we're starting to see
0: coming back the Coburg team
1: we were expecting. Yeah, and you know, had they had the money to go and buy guys like the rest of the teams above them did, maybe they'd do better. But uh, I just don't think Coburg's going to make the playoffs this year. Unfortunately,
0: correct me wrong, Coburg. Yeah. Okay.
1: Final game Thursday night. Nine and six, Burnaby Lakers. Eight and six, New West Salmon Bellies. you
0: got yeah. Now those records may change slightly uh, for New West anyway. I think Burnby is off until Thursday. New West playing tonight, so we don't know exactly what their record will be. Season series on the line here. Both teams with a victory. This game going down in New West. I think this is really a gut check game here for the Lakers. If they want to get into the playoffs. I mentioned that final game against the NIMO. That could be a deciding game here. But when a season series is on the line here, Burnaby just snapping their four-game losing streak. Going into Queens Park. They did not show that well last time they were there. But maybe they've turned the corner, but maybe they haven't, Evan. Oh, who you got? Come on. Let's go. Ah,
1: man. Put <laughs> the coin if you got it. Oh, you're going to take
0: Burnaby. you to take Burnaby.
1: Mm-hmm. A critical game for more than one reason, because with all these teams so jam packed, the season series could end up being the tiebreaker that yes, gets you in or out I'm at the saying, end of the day.
0: Man, that's tough. That's why it's so hard.
1: But Burnaby's had a tough go of it lately. New West seems to be turning it around slowly. I'm going to take the salmon bellies oh, to take this one.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, should we recap here quickly? RMLL, we both take the. Mounties to beat the Miners on Friday night, the 19th. I got Mimico. You got Orangeville in game four. We're both taking Victoria in game three. We're both taking Brampton to beat Coburg. You're taking the Bellies. I'm taking the Lakers on Thursday. And then next week, we'll kind of go back two weeks. We'll update the overall standings and we'll recap these games. We'll pick some new ones as well. Uh, we'll do it all for you here on Who You Got next, not this coming Tuesday that you're listening right now, because we're recording Sunday, so not this Tuesday. A week from Tuesday we'll get it all straightened for, for you, and hopefully we we never have to record on a Sunday again, because this is just throwing me right off, and uh, I don't take that many holidays anyway, so it shouldn't be an issue. You- well, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm gone two weeks in, in August, so you might be going solo for a little bit. Yeah, we'll, we'll, work a while. we'll
0: work it out. We'll work it out. A few more news and notes uh, before we get you on your way here uh, on Lax Class. Um, I don't know if you, you've seen this, Evan. This is pretty cool. The owner of the Halifax Thunderbirds, former owner of the Rochester Nighthawks, is doing a paddle trip in a canoe from Rochester to have. Have you seen this? This is incredible. Kurt Steyer's doing this.
1: Yeah, they got the traditional sticks and everything coming with them. They're stopping and playing games as they go along. Quite the unique little trip. Just hopefully he's got cell phone coverage yeah. on the river <laughs> yeah. You know, he
0: doesn't miss
1: any trade calls. But well, well, don't yeah, drop great, your right, cell yeah. phone
0: either. Don't drop your cell phone in the river either. But, uh, yeah, just follow along. Follow the Halifax Thunderbirds Twitter account, and, and you can kind of follow along on this canoe trip. I think it's a fabulous idea and, and uh, a real kind of fun way to make the, the transition from Rochester to Halifax. Uh, pretty cool. Don't forget minor nationals uh, for... Well, Miners are being played in Coquitlam next month, August the 20th. They get going. Teams from all over the country are going to descend into Coquitlam. Uh, all the top teams are going to be battling against each other for four days straight through three different rinks. And you can check out every single game on the home of the Minor Nationals, lacrosse tv.com. I may be doing a, a little bit of play by play for a couple of those medal games as well. And that, of course, goes on at the same time as the Minto Cup. So it's going to be a busy week here in the Lower Mainland uh, about a month from now. We talked about the playoff updates in both the MSL and the WLA, Evan. It is an absolute logjam in both leagues. We still don't know who's going to get in, who's going to go out. Just a couple of weeks to go should be an incredible finish in both leagues.
1: Well, especially the WLA, where it's like in, in MSL, you pretty much know that Peterborough and Six Nations are in. It's the last, it's three teams battling to the last two. But in, in the WLA, like I said, five teams, two points apart. Victoria has a bit of an advantage that they've got two games in hand over Burnaby, but still, you know, one game could decide. You know, the talks, Jim Els put it out there, he said, he thinks they have to. Victoria has to win four or five to make the playoffs. Well, that's crazy. Uh,
0: literally, anyone could f- still finish in first, and anyone could still finish in fifth, and that's that's nuts. Um, but I love it. Like I honestly love it. Like I can't. I can't wait for uh, Barrets and Shamrocks tonight. It's gonna be.
1: Think back to the NLL East what, yeah. two years ago.
0: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, it's Sunday. I know. By the time you hear this, it'll be come and gone. But uh, the Emily Goss update—I gotta get this in. The ladies' salmon bellies, uh, the senior lacrosse team there—the the female salmon bellies—are putting on a fundraiser for Emily tonight. Uh, big barbecue going on before their game against Port Moody. I know this is going to be a smashing success. They're going to raise a ton of money for Emily, who is now back home in hospital at Royal Columbian Hospital. Um, and and I know if I if I know the Goss family, and I know Emily she's going to feel this this power that that's going on here tonight at Queen's Park Arena, and, and this is going to help her recovery when she opens her eyes and sees what, what has happened here tonight at QPA with all the girls uh, rallying behind her. I know it's going to help in her recovery. Um, so we're all waiting for you, Emily. Just open your eyes and, and let us know that you're okay. Uh, what do we got? Team Canada rosters still not released here. Evan, what's going on with that? they got to be coming out really soon.
1: Yeah, I mean, the guy's got to make uh, work commitments and whatnot. If they're on or they're off, so you, you got to imagine it's happening soon. be interesting to see how this plays out, though, because this is perhaps the Iroquois' best chance ever mm. to finally knock off Canada. You can't afford anymore to have one of these here. Thanks for helping us out all these years. Spots on the roster.
0: No, no, it's going to be interesting to see who makes it. Like you would think, like a guy like Eli McLaughlin, who's not—he's played one game of senior A this summer. He's going to be left off, even though he's on that 28-man roster. Um, you can probably pick a couple of guys off there, but it's going to be real interesting to see if some first-timers get in there and, and who is left off uh, for guys that have been there before. And uh, expect that announcement coming in, I want to say, in the next week or so. they got to get that information out so we know. Uh, Because World Championships are just a couple of months away. I cannot believe it. I cannot wait for the World Indoor Lacrosse Championships at the Langley Event Center in September. Uh we are at the end of the program, Evan. A big thanks to Dan Marshall well, and Dan Teat for coming on the show. So,
1: sorry, to, sorry to run you off. There's one other big news item. Of course, that was the big trade that happened.
0: Oh, right. Late yeah. last
1: week in the NLL.
0: Yeah, we forgot about yeah, NLL, so NLL the, trades. So
1: a bit of a bit of a roadmap. You got a okay, first off, Brandon Goodwin went back to Vancouver for a third round pick. Uh but the the big one is a three-way trade in which San Diego ships Turner Evans To Rochester, they get Shane Simpson back, which is an interesting one because they Rochester could have drafted Turner Evans if they wanted to. But then San Diego turns around sends Simpson with a first and second rounder to Westburg. Now I think some fans can finally make some sense as to why Westbrook was protected Mm -hmm. in the in the expansion draft because his value was there that Calgary was going to get more assets for them even if they couldn't sign him.
0: Exactly, and uh, and I think you now know why that Rochester didn't draft Turner Evans because this deal was probably in the works um, pre pre draft, and they end up getting Garitano, They end up uh, who else did they get? They got Mallory, which they flip for Travis Burton. So they actually end up getting extra players uh, by not drafting Turner Evans, although they but
1: but then they lost one with Goodwin. Yeah,
0: Go so. It, it, yep. But now you understand kind of why, because we were both just shocked that Turner Evans wasn't selected. Joel Tinney got traded from the Swarm to the Black Wolves for a second-round draft pick. The Wolves went out and signed a bunch of players, which you're going to start to see more. Watkinson, Sooner, uh, Emola. Uh, who am I missing, Evan? There's a couple more guys there. You're going to start to see more teams yeah. sign guys in the coming days before the free agency window opens up. Uh, in a couple of weeks from now as well. And, so,
1: And a lot of that necessitated by the fact that a lot of these free agents, they didn't want to have them under contract at the time of the expansion draft, and that meaning they would have to protect them.
0: Exactly, and that's exactly why they didn't sign them before the expansion draft, uh, for that simple fact. So you're going to start to see more teams Make more signings in the coming weeks and then uh free agency window will open up and then the entry draft right around the corner. And then before you know it, training camp and the season will be here. Can't wait. Uh, lots of summer lacrosse to go before all that happens and we'll keep you covered and apprised up to date on everything that's happening in the world of box lacrosse right here on uh, your go-to source for all things indoor lacrosse, lacrosse classified. Once again. A Thanks to Dan Marshall and to Dan Teat, of course, our sponsors in Pure Vital Labs, Associated Labels and Packaging, and Stampede Tech in Western Wear. Couldn't do the podcast without you. Thanks for your support. Make sure you go out and support our sponsors if you like the podcast. That's how you keep this thing going. The other way to keep it going is to subscribe to the podcast so it gets delivered to your phone each and every single week, every Tuesday. Hit that subscribe button. Wherever you find your podcast, you will find Lacrosse Classified via the Lax All Stars podcast network. Or you can follow us on social media as well. Well, you should probably just do both. Do that. At Shemlax, at PXP for Sports. The show is at Lax Class or Lacrosse Classified on the old Instagram feed as well. All right, now we got to go. For Evan Sheminar, I've been Jake Elliott. And for the fastest game on two feet. And for the crater. Enjoy the games, everybody. Thanks for listening to Lacrosse Classified on the LAX All-Stars Podcast Network.